Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1, verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. All right, today is Saturday the 13th, and we've got everyone here. Deb, welcome Good back. Good morning. <laughs> welcome, welcome back, Deb. Thank you. Yeah, did you enjoy your trip? Yeah, it was it was a lovely trip. You know, I did go for uh, a funeral in Ash Gathering, but mm-hmm. I did try to in find... In Australia, right? In Australia. Yeah. In Queensboro, um, um, Maryborough, Queensboro, mm-hmm. <coughs> and in Sydney. There's some of my fun, fun coming up. One of my souvenirs was um, pneumonia. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I haven't been with you guys, oh. but I'm recovering. I'm glad you're recovering. Thank you. Welcome back. Right yeah. on. So uh, today, uh, it should be a fun episode. I mean, of course, <laughs> when we get to uh, I'm East, super excited Easter. about it, actually. <laughs> we get into Easter, it's like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about crucifixion and Christ and death and all that sort of stuff. But we're going to talk about, we're going to spitball evil. What is evil? Does evil exist? Does Satan exist? You know, what's, what's going on here when we talk about evil? And um, I'm super excited about this topic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we haven't done a lot of research. I, I, you know, of course, I have a Bible verse as a foundation, but we'll just, you know, throw it around. But before we do that, let me uh, engage us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. And we thank you for motivating us to dive into your word again and to explore the lessons that you have to teach to us. You have so much to teach. It is so vast. It's like an ocean. But we're not afraid. We're not afraid to dive in and to learn whatever it is we we can learn and convey and to share to the people who are listening. We are not, um, you know, we're not scholars. We're not pastors. We're just children of God, and we do this because we love you and we want to learn everything that we need to learn from you. And I pray that everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we are is blessed by the love of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. All righty. So um, the Bible verse that I have in talking about evil, I, and usually I just jump on Google and find out, you know, what are the what does the Bible say about evil? And I, come up, I came up with this uh, very interesting verse. Jesus is talking to the disciples, actually chastising them. Um, I'm going to go to Mark 7th chapter, verse 20. Um, He went on, and this is the King James, I'm sorry, the NIV version. He went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, Lutness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evil come from inside and make a man unclean. Sorry, what was that from? This is from the NIV version. No, I mean 
Oh, uh, uh, the um, so clean and unclean. So basically, no. I mean, what chapters? Mark, <laughs> Mark, seventh chapter, verses okay. uh, twenty, Thank twenty you. through twenty-three. No, that's a really a good verse. I, I thought I, I would hope that we were going to talk more philosophy than Bible no, we, study today. No, 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 no. We're not going into Bible study. <coughs> okay. We are going into philosophy. I figured. Well, I, fi- I just figured that anything is based, and I chose this one because Jesus is basically saying it doesn't come from without. It doesn't come from like an outside presence. But it comes really from within, from what we do and what mm-hmm. we say. Mm-hmm. But there is some philosophical things. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we were talking, Craig and I, Craig and I were talking uh, um, during our breakfast thing, how a lot of people invoke evil. Like, oh, my God, bad things are happening to me, but good things are happening to other people. And it seems like no one, it appears to me that no one focuses on evil when things are going well. You know, when life is going mm-hmm. fantastic, everyone's like, oh, Life is wonderful. Life is fantastic. And then when a bad thing happens to you, for whatever reason, it's like, no, there's got to be an outside presence. There's got to be something going on. That person is evil. Yeah, that person's evil. Or, you know, let's say a murder happens. Something happens, and it's like, well, you know, uh, why did that kid pick up an AK-47 and just shoot (coughs) shoot up the the school? Maybe we should start with what's the definition of evil? I know you looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Here is what Wikipedia (laughs) says. About evil. Evil, okay. in a general sense, is the opposites, opposite or the absence of good. It can be an extremely broad concept, though in everyday usage, is often used more lar- narrowly to devote profound wickedness. It is generally seen as taking multiple possible forms, such as the form of personal moral evil, commonly associated with the word, or impersonal natural evil, as in the case of natural disaster or illness. And in religious thought, in the form of a demonic or supernatural or eternal being. Okay. So there's cool. they separate it in three things. There's moral evil. There's impersonal or natural evil, like a natural disaster. Or in the religious thought, the form of uh, a demonic presence. And, and that, does that align with what your definition of evil is? I think the evil is uh, the absence of conscience. I think the, the yeah, that's uh, that's how my personal thing is. I well, think. that does really simplify things for me. <laughs> <laughs> what is your definition? Like, do you have a different kind of definition? <laughs> I'm going to be pretty satirical, probably. That's, that's, okay. that's okay. That's, that's fine. I'm but interested, I, though, I, to like. But if I feel like if all the people in the room <coughs> and we ask them, okay, how many of you are good? Uh, they would all raise their hands. And then uh, how many people are, are bad? And I imagine that many hands would be raised as well. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think that there is an absence of one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think there is a way in which through, <coughs> through some kind of spiritual guidance or, or some community of laws, you know, uh, that we as, a, as people, as individuals, and we as a society – are striving to for balance between those two things. Yeah. I don't think you can have one without the other. I don't think one mean, means anything without the other. Right, right. But I do believe that you can have them in balanced. W- in other words, you know, they cannot be. They can be in conflict. One can be stronger. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did also look up the definition. Well, yeah. So when Reg told me about this earlier this week, I was like, oh, and immediately also. What is the definition of evil? Sure, yeah. Um, and so I was really thinking about it for a day or two, and I this is my conclusion for the today that I wanted to get your perspective on, is that evil is the corruption of good. 
Hmm. So you can't have a bad person if you don't know what a good person is. You can't have counterfeit money if you don't have money. You can't have an earthquake if you don't have a, a you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have to have a desire. There has to be something good that you want that can somehow corrupt you or corrupt, uh, I don't know, a lesser person. Or, or that whatever that thing is that you define as something that is good, yeah. your definition of evil is based on a corruption of that idea or thing. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, I can feel that. Um, I, I imagine throughout history, you know, since the beginning of man, there has always been, you know, the need, you know, like when, I don't know, I don't want to get into like the caveman or whatever, but, you know, when society starts forming, there has to be some sort of leadership and there has to be some sort of collusion that, hey, we have to work together. We have to work together to hunt, to cultivate the environment, to, and, and there has to be rules. And I think when, you know, let's say when rules are broken or if someone deviates from whatever it is, somehow that has to be codified. And I think that may have been the, the first presence of evil. I mean, even the Babylonian times the and the Egyptian times. And sure. And all of a sudden, society. you know, there are all these gods that are created. And one is the god of, you know, everything that is good or everything that is evil. And the Egyptians always had, you know, these deities or whatever. Um, but the, Yeah. And I think about Sigmund Freud. You know, Sigmund Freud it basically talks about the, the tug of war between desire and conscience. You know, what we should do versus what we want to do. Mm. Um, you know, the id, the ego, and the superego. I don't, I don't understand a lot of it. Have you, did you ever study that philosophy? Oh, <laughs> a long time ago. For some reason, my brain decided to retain 80s song lyrics. Much nicer things to think about. Sure, sure. Much nicer things to think about. Yeah, well, I, I think then then hearing y'all's um, responses to what the definition of evil is, then as Christians, yeah. um, we always get, um, I don't want to say hung up, but like, ch- you know, we, we're, we're always challenged by non-Christians about this idea of why does God let evil yeah. be in the world? Yeah. Um, you know, he, all the famine and all, you know, mm-hmm. why would God allow that? And mm-hmm. in, in many instances, and I've struggled with this over and over, uh, over the course of my life, because people will say, how can you believe in a God that allows this to happen? It's yeah, a legitimate and then, question. And my, my most recent response to that is, how, I, I think that, I think the question is really, how do we allow, how do we as humans allow that to happen? Yeah. yeah. I've always felt that God if you are a you know a Christian, uh, if you are one of belief, then you are strong enough to endure the things that happen in life. I mean, because uh, I, as a Christian, you know, there are some Christians who believe, well, I'm a Christian now, so I'm protected by God. There's this force field that will not prevent bad things to happen for me. But you just read in the Bible verse that there isn't a force field, right? <laughs> okay, so exactly, why do we why do we feel compelled to? Uh, to have that as our, like, you know, mm-hmm. umbrella for who, who we yeah. are and the things we yeah. do. Well, you the know? we, yeah. There's, there's, this well, co- there's this compelling thing to think that it's some kind of exterior thing, like heaven's to someplace that's far, far away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
evil is some force that kind of beats down upon us. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, in the Bible verse you just said, you know, it's like it it's, comes from us. It's coming from you. It's it's you know, and it's coming out of your booty. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's evil. You know, get it. I think that's kind of where I yeah. got to corruption. It's like yeah. God has given us all these gifts. Mm-hmm. If we follow, you know, the golden rule. The yeah. ripple effect could continue to promote good mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. And what we consider moral uh, justice or, mm-hmm. um, you know, scenarios. And and then as individuals, we have been also given the gift of choice. Um, and God is allowing us to d- have our discovery. Um, unfortunately, some of us choose what the majority of mankind would consider um not good things or or evil at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was also thinking about Satan, and we've brought it up in past podcast episodes. Whether there is uh, Satan, I don't even know if, if Satan. I'm looking here and says uh, in Wikipedia, Christianity, Satan, also known as the devil. And although the Book of Genesis does not mention him, he is often identified as the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And it goes on and on. Um, Satan plays a menial role in Christian theology in the Middle Ages, used as a comic relief figure in the mystery plays. And it goes on and on and I, on. I think that though that the idea of Satan came from um, Zoroastrian um, religion, mm-hmm. where they identified, like you were saying, the old gods identified different characteristics for different gods. Yeah. And then the Hebrew or Jewish um, culture adopted that idea of the embodiment of evil or bad mm-hmm. or whatever yeah and then of course then christianity adopted it from judaism yeah yeah i think so because i don't think that there is a mention an actual the name devil in the bible at all they use lucifer but yeah yeah lucifer and and we've talked about it we uh in craig does not believe in <laughs> Satan. well i, I kind of have a rough time with Satan. but then this aligns with what you were saying before yeah. about how all that negativity and bad and corruption and evil comes from within mankind. Yeah, I think it's an I think, you know, and and there's no getting away from it. There's merely like like you were saying attuning yourself to you know what you feel and what you learn throughout your kind of spiritual, you know, journey of what works. And attuning yourself to the things that work and not letting the the bad things kind of overtake. Mhm. You know, we try to do it as as a society. We try to do it as individuals. I think about the things that are going on right now, you know, how all kinds of laws are being broken in Washington. And people are shrugging their shoulders going, what can we do? What can we yeah. do? We thought we were a nation of laws with a constitution that works. What's going on? It's, and it, it, it's, it's a question to ask. There's a, I mean, you can see the imbalance. How is this being allowed to happen? How is it? How are we allowing it yeah. to, to, to go on? And. It's it's inactivity, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lethargy oh. of of exercising the good stuff, which allows this imbalance to happen. I have I have a um, I do have a political take on that, mm-hmm. but also philosophically, I think a lot of times we when bad things happen, we want to know why. We want to have some sort of a like. There's a we're into our what our routine. Mm-hmm. Like I get up in bed, I know where my watch is, I know where my clothes are. I know that the BART is going to run at a particular time. And certain people react different ways when our our routine is disrupted, when when bad things happen. Like, well, what if you came home and your house burned down? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, did we have some friends who are in paradise? Um, 
Paradise, California. Right. Yeah, I have uh, some people that were evacuated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, wait a minute, I had a routine, and now it's being disrupted. Something, you know, why did this happen? And I think for those who don't cope with it as well as others, attribute it to an outside force. There's got to be some evil going on because this is unfair. This is unfair what is happening to me. Yeah, you come home and say you got cancer. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, what do you, you know, you, you suddenly, you know, you, you're, you're put into a situation where you can no longer say, oh, geez, I hope I don't have a bad day today. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be. You have to put yourself into a situation to where, like, if you can overcome this, mm-hmm. just being around is pretty, pretty great. Right. Just being able yeah. to, you know, be alive again mm-hmm. is pretty great. It's 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 things taken for granted. Sure, know? sure. Wow. And those are examples of the kind of evil you described mm-hmm. there as natural evil, or what was the yeah, phrase? Like, yeah. So there's a. Uh, Jumping back to here, Sigmund Freud. Although evil. some cancers could be caused by, <laughs> hey, I've exposed myself to oh, a sun by lying sure. in it w- with baby oil. Yeah. So there's moral day. evil, there's natural <laughs> evil, and there's religious, you know, the religious deity that we place, in, that we, you know. Natural did. evil. Right, okay. exactly. Just making sure I got that yeah, right. the natural evil. I did everything right. I ate everything perfectly. And, you know, like there was, I think there's a famous person who, um, who um, introduced jogging or, or marathon running. Uh, into the United States. But he died of a heart attack, and people were like, no, that's not possible. That's why you run, to strengthen your heart or whatever. And yet he still died of a heart attack, and you know people were freaking that's out. That's not called you can evil. You run and eat like pizza for every meal. <laughs> that's not evil. Right. That's called irony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Speaking of irony, I was, re- I was listening to the, uh, the Dan Levitard show, and they were, they were saying that even the Church of Satan, don't be- don't, they don't believe in Satan. Oh, so. yeah. Tell me a little bit more. About <laughs> why, that why sounds like a that? Flannery O'Connor story. Remember the, the Church of Christ without Christ? Oh, oh, oh the, is that right? Yeah, I remember that? I have to check that out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, do, what, 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 did, what did he say about? Like, oh no, it was it was basically just a hot take. They oh, were just oh. you know spouting things out, and they, they love to get into the ironies and things like that. Even if the, in, I think in this week, there. You, so we have two popes. There's Pope. Um, there's Pope Francis, and then there's the Pope Benedict. that he took over, Benedict. And both of them were sort of dueling over, you know, I think it was – oh, shucks, I, I should have I should have posted it. But okay. um, one um, basically says, well, listen, you know, we, we can't have, you know, evil things, and uh, we – you know, people need to correct their, you know, their ways and all that sort of stuff. And Pope Francis has always been very liberal about, um, like, homosexuality and – being more inclusive, bringing people into His the church. His definition of, of evil is not the same as Right, Benedict's. exactly. So the two of them are sort of dueling. But um, but I was also thinking uh, politically, we were talking about, you know, the whole political correctness. Like, we were talking about empathy. People, there seems to be an absence or empathy seems to be challenged, I guess, in today's world. Um, when we talk about, you know, people who, um, I don't know, I don't know how this, I don't know how this gets into evil, but... Um, when you think about people who are good, we're thinking of who are who are good to each other, who are kind to each other, who think about, oh, let me help this person out. And um, and Craig and I were talking about like, in the '90s. There's this whole thing called political correctness. Um, I think that was a term that what that didn't exist prior to the uh, the '90s, or I didn't hear about it in the '90s. And then some conservatives 
groups of people were like, well, why do I need to be politically correct? I should just say what I want to say. You know, just no one needs to control my thoughts or whatever. So being politically correct was sort of a, a sort of a line about a rallying cry or whatever. Um, well, I don't want to stray us away from, you know, what is evil, but it really comes from within the mind. You either care for people, you either have empathy for people and you can spread goodness or you can just focus on yourself. You know, what I call jumping on the Ayn Rand train, you know, I, it's all about me, 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 me. And all of a sudden everyone is isolated and, you know, we're closed off from everyone. And, you know, that can yeah. be considered. I actually, on my trip, I was thinking about what you were just saying because yeah. my friend kept calling me Pollyanna. And hmm. I was, uh, after maybe three or four times of her saying, all right, Pollyanna, I started to take a little bit of umbrage to the phrase. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I, but she's right in that I, my magnetic pull will shift towards finding the positive. Yeah. Because in, in, because of, because of the situations I grew up in, mm -hmm. I had to find something to latch onto to get up every day. Yeah. I had to find something to, um, polarized to mm -hmm. uh, 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 it's I don't know it's weird yeah something really bad can happen and I could be like I gotta find some light here I gotta yeah. figure it out no um, I totally I, I totally identify with that I think you know when I was thinking about the African-American church you know like I think we had a couple of podcasts that we were talking about I don't know music or whatever and um, I, I tried to explain why in the church you know uh, at least in African-American Baptist churches why there's such a need for positivity and lifting each other up because in a lot of these communities, the church is the only thing you have. Right. And you need a preacher every Sunday to be sort of like a like a football coach. Like, hey, I'm going to gear you up and, and rev you up and get you prepared for, you know, the battleground, which is, you know. Life. Life. <laughs> each week. <laughs> yeah. Go out there and get it. And, you no, know, you'll I mean, be I great. kind of see, like, these positive things that I try to latch onto as, like, the rungs of a ladder to get me out of my suicidal despair yeah <laughs> you know yeah um also i'm sorry no 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 like, it's fine but i i also kind of wanted to touch on that whenever i hear other people say that negative things then yes i try to find the light for them yeah but i even found myself last night we went reg and i went to a, a, a san francisco giants game yeah they went eight they went 18 innings oh my God. <laughs> the giants won thank goodness yeah but um it was a little painful there at the end <laughs> and um People started to boo at things, and, oh, yeah. and I don't know why, but the, whenever that happens with a group, it makes me really uncomfortable and upset yeah. to feel all that negative energy. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. I just find it very upsetting. It's funny because there's a 30 for 30 um, ESPN documentary called Chasing Hell, and um, it talks about uh, Steve Bartman. Do you know who Steve Bartman is? Yes, I do. Do you know who he of is? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, this is a sports reference. You just said Craig about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in I'll check back in a bit. In 2003, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs were that close to getting into the World Series. And, uh, <laughs> Literally, like it was like. Yeah, so the Cubs were trying to get into the World Series, and Moises Alou was about to catch a fly ball. And keep in mind that the Cubs had this, like, That's right, losing, for 100 losing years. 100 years losing streak they they the, the curse of the bambino like they're mm -hmm. they're like trying to yeah i think it's a curse of pull the billy themselves goat. out yeah. of oh, the billy goat yeah curse, yeah, sorry. yeah so for 100 years they never got into the world series ever 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 and uh <laughs> so they're about to catch and the, the florida marlins who had only been in existence for like two three years they're an expansion team they're about to uh, so the cubs had a 2-0 lead so in any case moises is about to catch a fly ball 
a bystander, Steve Bartman, reaches over and knocks the ball out of his hands because he wants to catch it. He doesn't realize what's he going on. He wants a game ball. He wants a game ball. He doesn't realize it could win right. the game. So if, if <laughs> Moises Lou had caught that ball, then the batter would have been out. And two more innings later, then the Cubs would have won and gone to the World Series. But Steve Bartman interferes. The crowd is like, what are you doing? And as the game is going on and on, now the – it's because the Cubs had a lead. Now the Marlins are just hitting hitting ball after ball oh, after so ball. The Marlins have a rally after that? Exactly. So, so this guy is vilified by That's an right. entire city. Well, almost an entire nation. At this yeah. Point. <laughs> and in that ballpark, you were talking about how people were getting unruly. Yeah. People were getting really unruly. They were talking about killing him. They had they to send security to escort him out of the stadium and to get him to his home. He had to change his phone number. He had to change where he lived. Um, he was just and of course people ESPN, were like he is evil. Yeah. Oh, because he, he did yeah. that thing. And people were sort of turning evil. People were like, "Wow, we went to a ball game to have fun, to enjoy ourselves, to get out of you know thoughts of the workplace and all this." And all of a sudden, they're like, "It was like a mob." Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about what it was to was go through a lynching. Or something? No, two thousand and three. No, but oh. a Second City even did like a whole skit around the whole yeah. situation. Oh, okay. And it's amazing how people can sort of turn, you know, evil. It's almost like a Twilight Zone episode. You know, you have this wonderful, there's a wonderful Twilight Zone episode, The Shelter, where everyone is celebrating the birthday of one person, and then all of a sudden there's a news report that there's a asteroid or something coming from space. It could be a missile. It could be Russians about to send a, you know, this is during the Cold War. Every apocalypse. Right. And only one person out of this group of people have a shelter. And he's going to take his family to the shelter. And everyone's knocking on his door. Hey, I want to get into the shelter. And he's like, no, I only have room for, m- for myself and my family. And they're like, you are evil. You, you son of a B-I-T-C-H. And they're about to knock him down. They're about to kill him. And all of a sudden, the news report says, oh, no, no, no. It's just the asteroid. Everything's okay. And the, everyone's like, oh. Whew. That does sound like a Twilight Zone. And it's like they pat him on his head. Oh, okay, that's fine. But he's like, wow, I thought these were my friends. Look how they turned on me. And so – I think about that. I wanted to ju- you, Deb. You talked about how you know what you had to go through in your youth. Did you ever think when you were young, why is this happening to me? Oh, or, every you know, day. Yeah. Why is God punishing me? Right. And I'm sure you maybe you have thoughts of you know like what is evil or and and just you know the presence. Like you know, I've had some talk with uh, like prosecutor um, friends of mine, lawyers, about defendants. It's like, well, do you think there's presence about, of evil? Yeah. Do you think children are born evil? Like when children, like there's a young girl who had stabbed her classmate because she had thoughts in her mind. She blamed them on There's Slenderman. a lot of like defenses where they're they're saying there's a genetic imbalance, a chemical imbalance due to genetics. Yeah. You know, a lot of psychopaths will go for the insanity plea. Sure. Which, which you know, I think that there's, uh, yes, I do think that people have chemical imbalances, mm-hmm. but I also think that people have a choice. That's and right. You can get help with your chemical imbalances, mm-hmm. or you cannot. Yeah. Um, you can succumb to urges that are not aligned with society's moral code. Yeah. Or you can align with it. Exactly. Like, I I always get upset when I see a defendant using the insanity. Yeah, and I mean, like there was a woman named Andrea Yates. Andrea Yates was a woman who basically, to make a long story short, she killed her children. Yeah. Uh, but she knew she was unstable. And she told her husband, and this is a very conservative Christian uh, family. Her husband was like, hey, 
you're a woman, we're going to have children, we're going to have a Christian family. And she was like, I don't think I'm equipped to be a mother. And I have these urges. I feel like I'm, I, I can't take care of a child. I feel like I'm going to kill my children. And she didn't get the help she needed. And she didn't get the help she needed. And, uh, and even after she did it, she basically took him to a bathroom. I know this is very maudlin. People are like, oh, my God. She drowned <laughs> them, down. Right? But she drowned them. Mm-hmm. And she called her husband and said, look, I did it. And she was found, you know, uh, not reason by reason of insanity. Uh, and I think it fit because she knew that there was chemical compound. She tried to but get I help. But I think there was also yeah. in that case and other cases of, sure. of people who have committed murder yeah. that they, after the fact, they feel they, they're still account. They, they're like, absolutely. wait a minute, I'm, I know I did this. I'm still accountable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I call it the itch. You know, there's like an itch. You know you're not supposed to itch, but you do it anyway. Like the psychological itch. You know you want to, you know, I don't know, ravage that woman, and, but you know you're not supposed to do it, but you do it anyway. That wow. may be a chemical imbalance, but you still have a choice. You have a choice to seek help. You have a choice to restrain yourselves. And I know that there are maybe a lot of people here listening or maybe not that, that listen that have mm-hmm. a, mental, uh, a mental illness. One in four people do have a mental illness. Yeah. Um, and that I, I do understand that it's a very – difficult struggle um but please try to raise your hand and get some help absolutely but i wanted to go back to the bible verse yeah just can just just to kind of like in should we reread it again no mark Mark seven no no need to okay Okay, yeah Uh, but uh but what he's talking to the disciples and the pharisees and Mm -hmm. he's telling them you know that you know you think all the evil's out here yeah and it's not it's coming right from inside that's all the corruption all the things you feel are coming from inside you and this basically turns, um, you know, the whole kind of society or or the church as a church of laws mm-hmm. kind of upside down in a way. And Christ had a way of doing that. How a, does it turn it upside down? Well, because, you know, they are teaching that all the laws and all the good and all the evil is yeah. going to be. You and know, there's, del- a, del- there's a reference of it just before this verse here, which supports what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know. You know, and Christ had a way of doing this in various ways. He would, you know, they would they would tell him, you know, what the laws are, and he would tell them, no, that's the opposite of what you think. He would turn he would turn it kind of upside down. So it's like you got to look within you. You can't look within out for goodness. You can't look within without for an answer to these questions. It's got to come from you. It's got to come from inside, and you need to do it by bonding together because it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do, especially when you know you're you're presented with you know, this this binary world. You live in a binary world where time has a specific meaning. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, where there is good and there is bad. And it's difficult to, you know, be spiritual and to and to bring the goodness out you know, out of you into the world, you know, alone. You need God and you need each other. You need these two things, otherwise it's gonna be very, very difficult. And I and you were talking about people yeah, you were talking about people alone and people who are struggling right now. And we were talking about empathy. Empathy used to be looking at the world through a certain kind of lens that kind of allowed you to kind of like, hey, man, I see somebody who's downtrodden. They're not like me. I don't speak their language. 
you know, perhaps so I, let me understand. Perhaps if I put myself in their yeah. shoes, sure. or if I had a piece of bread and I could help them, out, yeah, yeah, or if I could just say like, here, here's bread, we can be friends. You know, you know, we'd figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, even if there was like, you know, a poverty barrier or a language barrier or, or a social barrier, sure, whatever, we'd figure it out. That's what empathy used to mean. Now with the world like so divisive and everybody's tribal. People say, like, well, I'm still a good person. I'm good to my family. I'm a provider. I'm good in my, you know, whatever ethnic community. I am good in my whatever religious community. But they don't go outside of it. They mm-hmm. stay right within mm-hmm. there. And then, yeah, they're good, but it, it, it ends. Yeah. And it's difficult to reach beyond that sphere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I'm, I feel like, you know, one of, the, one of the things we really need to start saying to ourselves and to each other is love everybody. Love your enemy. It's hard. But if you need help, mm-hmm. you know, bond together because your enemy's going to be there. They're always going to be there. Yeah. And unless you can start bridging that gap, you know, going beyond your tribe, you know, make empathy not just empathetic towards the people you care about, towards your friends, towards the people you know yeah. that are going to love you. I would even argue we need not have enemies. I mean, our enemies should be our, our own brothers. But to get back to what you were saying about the laws, so in verse 5 of Mark 7, so the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't you disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? Now this sets Jesus off. (laughs) Um, Because he wants bacon. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So verse 9. Oh, you sound so Christ-like. Verse verse 9, he says to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commandments of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Korban. That is a gift devoted to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. I'll just freeze right there. Basically, he's saying, well, you know, the traditions, the Pharisees are quoting a tradition, honor your father and your mother, but once you've given a gift to God, you don't have to worry about your father and mother anymore. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, and Jesus is saying, that's hypocrisy. You still must honor your father and mother. You still must serve them and give them gifts and help them out. We in should their time unpack of that, honor your father given our histories we should unpack that yeah yeah because i struggled with that for decades yeah (laughs) so so verse 14 he goes on again jesus called the crowd to him and said listen to me everyone and understand this nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him rather it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean after he left the crowd and entered the house his disciples asked him about this parable are you so dull jesus asked (laughs) Do you see that nothing that enters a man from outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach, and then out of his body. In saying this, Jesus declared all food clean. And then we go into verse 20. Then he went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of man's hearts comes evil thoughts, sexual and then the immorality. List, and then the list of evils. Exactly. Yeah. So he's basically saying, listen, you can go by the traditions, but... Don't, you know, don't buy into this thing that, you know, evil is an outside entity or if you take something within yourself, whether it be, you know, evil food or whatever it is, it 
it's what comes out of you. And it's yes, I agree. And yeah. like even in conversations, people were talking last night, and I and they would put out a negative outcome or mm-hmm. a negative idea, and I'd mm-hmm. be like, "Don't put that out into the universe." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because those things can become actualized. Right, right. And you know, you were talking about politics. I was thinking about FDR and and the whole um, the New Deal programs, you know, public assistance, welfare, that sort of stuff. That came out of empathy. You know, all of America was struggling, really, the world. And FDR says, listen, let's develop government programs to help people in need. We'll never get this money back. But this is what America needs to do to get itself on its feet. And everyone loved it. And, of course, FDR was elected, you know, several times, you know, four times. And the Republicans started creating this platform based on, hey, this, you know, empathy should not belong in the government. You know, people need to stand on their own two feet. You know, what's your problem? Why are you on public assistance? I mentioned to uh, Craig, do you know who Candace Owens Owens is? Mm -mm. She's a black woman who is a Republican and uh, works in the Trump administration. And she was in front of a subcommittee, I think, this week. Extolling is really crazy. National socialism. uh, She was extolling. Yeah, that's right. She was basically saying, now Hitler was really bad, but let's put away the fact that he killed a bunch of Jews. National socialism isn't so bad because it's nationalism, it's national pride, and, you know, you should be proud of your country. And what's so wrong with that? And, of course, a Democrat uh, representative said, like, wait a minute, you are extolling Hitler and the crucifixion of Jews? And then, of course, she put on the uh, the victim cap. It's like, no, I didn't say that. And, look, you know, look what you're beating up on me, a poor bla- black woman. You know, how can you do that? And it's – to sort of tie it into, you know, this whole thing about evil. Why would she even make that comparison? Like, why wouldn't she just talk about what her conviction is? Well, this is one of those things where she made a private statement in a private, you know, thing. She didn't think it would go out. Yeah, and of course someone had recorded it, and it's like, oh, you know, well, I'm going to play this, Miss Owens, and you tell me what you, you know, whatever. And, you know, getting back to my point on the Ayn Rand train, you know, there are people who – have a philosophy which has now become a sort of a political platform for some folks in the Republican Party. I don't want to put all Republicans on the same with the same brush. But there's some folks who believe, hey, I don't need empathy, you know, I don't need to give you money. I don't need to, you know, we don't need this public assistance. We should just eliminate welfare, eliminate, you know, food stamps and all that sort of stuff. People need to learn to stand on their own two feet. Why don't How about you give people the tools to allow them to do that? Well, sure. I think it's kind of fun <laughs> to do that, actually. Mm-hmm. To stand on your own two feet. No, to give people oh. tools. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, I think that's, I think that's why we're here on this planet. Yeah. Is order, in order, if, if we're strong, to, to reach and help. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, strong enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Because, in this binary world, you know, I mean, unless you know. You have the spiritual and moral strength to to reach a ripe old age. You know, um, it's not fun. You know, no. it's it's not a fun direction unless yeah. unless you are, you know, able to kind of gain those tools and and share them. The thing is, everybody needs everybody. Mm-hmm. No one has existed in this world without needing some help. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump himself. Or a connection, say, or a yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, or community, right? Or a community, you know. Uh, and I, th- I, th- I think if we can break the bonds of our tribalism mm-hmm. right now, we'll, we'll be that much happier. Yeah. And it doesn't have, like, just like we, we've said in the past, like, you can help someone in many little ways. 
mm-hmm. and you can help people in large, impactful ways. Of course. And you just need to find your path along that spectrum mm-hmm. and, and your capacity yeah. um, in order to do this. I think there are folks who have resistance to, you know, um, like you're in the healthcare industry, and uh, you've and we've we've. I think we all have parents who, um, not my parents, not yet, who <coughs> need help. You know, let's say they've been put into a home and all that sort of stuff. Well, actually, my late mom, you know, before she passed away, um, there's some folks who have the capacity to help. You know, they're they're built for it. They're made for it. They, their mindset is geared towards helping others. There are some folks, and I don't blame them at all. They really don't. They're like, listen. I don't want to clean up in someone else's crap or right. SHIT. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I can't. I don't have the money to, to give or whatever. And so they built up this resistance or this, this outer shell of, well, why should I have to do it anyway? Instead of just saying, listen, I know that I should, but I don't have the capacity. You can find a way. Everyone has their own gifts that Even they can do to help other people. Even by just sharing like someone else's campaign to help people. Sure. You're doing just sharing your time part. with somebody who just needs to, someone to listen. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, there's no, it's it's not a matter of just the quality. Well, I can't give as much as I want, so I'm just not going to, I don't have the capacity to give as much as I'd like to, so I'm just going to abstain. Right. You know, a- abstinence, you know, I understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a, you know, if you don't really feel as though you can mix in the world, I understand there's, sometimes you need to go inward and kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Collect yourself. Yeah. Abstinence, you know, there's a lot to be said for, but it doesn't shine your shoes. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if you can do a little bit, just mm-hmm. by listening to someone yeah. in need, just yeah. by reaching out to someone you know may, hey, man, they probably need a call. Yeah. You know, they just lost somebody or they're just kind of like, you know, dealing with something. Yeah. You know, just saying I'm here and opening a door, mm-hmm. I'm a shoulder, is a big deal. Yeah. And I would even say that's even a miracle. I mean, th- you know, there are a lot of people who say, oh, I have friends. And especially in the age of Twitter, Facebook, you know, it's like, oh, I've got, you know, like so many people who are following me or, you know, whatever. Of course, not all of those folks are your friends. The people who I know are friends, like the two of you, I know that I can say whatever I want and, you know, and that'll be received. Or let's say you'll come to me. Like, Deb, you came to me Wednesday. It's like, hey, you know, I need help in, you know, in, in doing this audition. And we're both in a show. <laughs> uh, surprise, the, uh, yeah, Women in the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, for those who are in the Bay Area and you want to see theater. At Town Hall Theater. And we'll let you, yeah, at the Town Hall Theater. The but the very fact, that, we'll the very fact that, you, that you came to me and it was like, hey, I need some help, that warmed my heart. That was like, wow, she trusts me enough and she thinks of me enough to come to me. Yeah, that's cool. And, and, I, and I was like, hey, of course I'll be there. And I, you know, gave you as much time as possible, you know, didn't really play that much. I don't know how much help I did, but... You helped a lot. Yeah, so... Landed the gig. And yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's how you know you have a, a real a f- real friend, because a lot of people who have this negative thoughts, out, you know, evil air quotes, of, well, I, no one really cares about me, no one really loves me, and a lot of people who do evil things, like mass murder and whatever... They have this isolationist thought that no one cares, no one understands me, I no one knows who I am. I found it very interesting earlier when you were like that those kinds of thoughts or mm-hmm. actions were focused on the me. Yeah. Instead of the collective or the you or us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 that, that 
really spoke to me is like I can see the people that I know mm -hmm. that latch on to the negative t negativity or sure or call people evil a lot and mm -hmm. blame others for their actions. Yeah, they're focused on the me. Yeah, I know for myself, and I think I've mentioned it before. Like let's say I'm on a BART and someone bumps onto me or someone you know steps on my foot or someone acts rude. I it's my choice as to how I to react to that. I can either mm -hmm. say that son of a B-I-T-C-H, you know, what's wrong with that individual? And and just, you know, and think very tribally. Or I can say, I guess the Christian side of me, that person must be in, you know, their own universe. Or, you know, that person is, that person's preoccupied with their own thing. I can't worry about all of that. But I'm also, it's like, does that bumping into you, like, change the world for the day to be evil? Did somebody die? Did, like... Right. They just bumped into you. Right, like it's right. 80% <laughs> of the people who have really pissed me off never really intended to piss me off. They're just, you know, they're sort of enveloped in their own little thing. I think that the majority of people who piss people off are probably in that kind of group. Yeah. They don't. But then you have some, one, some though, intended. Yeah, <laughs> right. And the 20% who do, they want to push that proverbial button on you to get you to react. Mm. Let's, let's see you jump. Push, push, push. And you say, wow, this person's acting really evil. But, of course, it's still your choice. You can react to it or you can say, look, that button ain't going to work anymore. It's hard. It's hard when somebody engages you in that way. It yeah. takes practice yeah, to you gotta, figure out how to yeah, you gotta not be reactive. You've got to go like, well, I can, I can forgive this, but, you know, I just have to call it for what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, don't agree with that behavior. Right. Uh, if you want to be an outsider and just, w just live in your world mm -hmm. and that's acceptable – then find a group of outsiders. And if you, you know? <laughs> if you don't know how you know. to change, and you want, like, if you if you are an outsider and you have been in the past, and you don't want to be any longer, mm -hmm. then it's very difficult, right, to make that change. Sure. But you have to begin by reaching out and practicing. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a muscle. It's tough. It is a muscle. And balance is always the key. I think. I mean, yeah. I I know. I know that. I got a lot of good and a lot of bad in me, and, and uh, I'd like to let, I'd like to let each exist, in you know. But I know that, you know, it's it's difficult. It's a it's a difficult struggle, you know, within within my soul, within my heart, and within my daily life. All I can do is try to, you know, get rid of the bad, you know, you know, let it let it <laughs> let it shed a little more every day. Let, let it let it let it go. Well, and uh, yeah. and start to start to realize because Christ said you know all this junk all this stuff is inside you all these sins all this evil is inside you. He also said your body's a temple, and God is, exists within you. So this paradox is there. Mm -hmm. You know it's 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 a it's a paradox that's existing and struggling inside of everyone. And that's why we have those cartoons of the little angel and yeah. devil on our show. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a, it's, a, ma in our it's a matter of balance. It's a, it's, a, it's a matter of not succumbing to, you know, the dark and fearful side of uh, of, of existence, and 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 also not, you know, not going crazy and thinking you're so wonderful all the time. Oh, you know, sure, there's the balance. Know, yeah, you know, just have that humility as well. Yeah, and um, and but a way of just getting outside of yourself. Into the world, doing what like what what we're doing here. Yeah, three friends, you know, 
living in real time in fellowship, mm-hmm. you know, just looking each other in the eye and, and talking and, and listening. Trying to navigate. Talking and listening. Faith and yeah. I know, I know there are people out there who have two or three folks that they can do this to. Just sure. talk, look at each other in the eyes and listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes a big difference to you spiritually and to the world. Yeah. I have, I two, I, I have two takes. Um, number one, um, oh, shoot, I've forgotten the one. Oh, well, th- so there, um, and I was thinking about kids. Uh, we were talking about not reacting, not reacting to the proverbial button. You know, someone tries to elicit a reaction from you, someone who, air quotes, have evil thoughts, you know, whatever evil is. And you're like, well, why is this person doing this to me? Why is this person doing this to me? And, and it's tough, especially in the digital world. You know, people are always reacting to, you know, I posted, I did a post. Like Norman G., a good friend of mine, had did a post and uh, someone had reacted negatively to it. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. And he felt he needed to react, and he needed to, you know, write a correction. And I'm like, why did you feel the need to do that? You know, someone just disagreed with what you're saying. I can understand having a dialogue. I have a dialogue with people who have the capacity to listen. There's a lot of folks who don't have the capacity to listen. And an exchange of ideas is a wonderful thing, but if we're just talking at each other. Thank you. Thank you. If we're just talking at each other, if you're not, if you're just trying to win an argument and – I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm, I'm just going to say, well, listen, we agree to disagree, and I'm just going to move on. But don't react. There's a graph that, um, I was trying to pull up, but I, uh, I'll, I'll find it later on, where um, there was a person on a podcast. He's a professor at NYU who researches um, psychology in children. There are a lot more children who are going to uh, psychiatric therapy and who have suicidal thoughts. And I don't want to make this dark or maudlin, but a lot of children have a hard time reacting, especially in the digital age, to negative um, blowback. (coughs) uh, Well, they don't have enough human interaction to know how to navigate interaction. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, their friends don't like them, or, you know, let's say 10 friends post a negative thought on them, and all of a sudden they, you know, just feel horrible about themselves. And it's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll just invite folks to, you know, to not react so much, uh, whether it be digitally or in real life. The people who really know and care about you, they will treat you well. You know, I, I, like I'll they read some comments on They will try to treat you well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some, there's some comments I read in either Dear Abby or the Savage Love Podcast or whatever or Dear Prudence. And like, you know, I have these friends of mine. I've, I've known them for since high school, but they just say this negative things. How do I get my friends? And I'm like... Are they really your friends? Why would they say negative things if they're your friends? And I would even, uh, you know, convey anyone who has these problems. Well, they may be perceiving some, I mean, sometimes you need the friends who are going to bitch slap you. (laughs) You know? Well, I mean. Sometimes you need those people who are going to, like, be like, wait a minute. Let's talk reality here. If it's constructive. Yes. But but, but I guess I'm saying sometimes your perception of that conversation is different than sure. the intention of it. And then you can clarify. You can say, you know, why, why do you say that? Or why, yeah, you, you can know. have a dialogue like you were saying. Right. You said something negative to me, and I'm taking it this way. What did you really mean? Yeah. And if you're true friends, you can have a dialogue. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the second thought that I had, um, I really think that when we talk about compassion, empathy, it really begins from childhood. I don't know if we have any parents who are listening out there. But really thinking about raising your child, um, and 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 I think that it's one of the the great things that I learned from my youth, as far as going to church and going to Sunday school. If anything, I learned about empathy, 
you know, one of the first things that my grandmother taught me, taught me was that Jesus watching you everywhere. I'm like, even the bathroom? It's like, yes, you're in the bathroom, take it a crap. <laughs> <laughs> He's there. And it put in my mind that no matter what I say, what I do, if I might think I may get away with something, no, Jesus is always there watching you. And some may think that's an imposing thought. But it sort of it sort of checks you. It's like, hey, listen, you know, everything that you say, everything that you do, and I say it in my prayer almost all the time, if we really have that philosophy, you know, are you watching everything you're saying, everything you're doing? Are you and being th- mindful of yeah, exactly. the way you're navigating life? Yeah. And I really do think that if we if we treat children, for those who are teachers and for those who are around kids or those who are parents, really think about, you know, like what goes on in kids' minds. Kids are taking up taking everything in. Video games, music, you know, what we watch on TV and the movies and all that sort of stuff. They absorb everything. If you have an argument with your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend, your kids watching, they absorb everything. I think our concept of consciousness and empathy or lack of empathy starts in that early age. Yeah. Lead by example. Yeah. Can I circle back to that question that is that as Christians we always get asked sure. about how does God allow this kind of evil? Oh, yeah, yeah. How, how do you respond to that Like when people say that to you guys? I, so I, I've always felt, well, when I was younger, I would always say, well, listen, there's got to be Satan. Like, how could there be a God without a Satan? You know, why would, there, why would there be a need for a God if there's no Satan? Now, as I'm older, I say, listen, bad things happen because people can choose to live, you know, in, under God, God's will. Or they choose not to. For those who step out of the light, they can do anything that they want. So when bad things happen, it's, it's as a result of free will. People have the free will to commit evil or to do evil things. So it's not so much. I've never, I, I don't think I've ever blamed God for a bad thing that has ever happened. It's like, well, listen, this is a result of other people doing their own thing. What do you, what do you, what about you, Fred? Like, how do you, do people ask you, oh ever yeah. ask you that? And oh, yeah, well, I think the disciples ask Christ that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, an, his answer, you know, they would say, like, you know, why did, why did all these things happen to these people, and they didn't happen to any other people? Are they better people? And Christ's answer was, like, no. Repent. <laughs> I used to say, I used his, to say, was, like that was his answer. Was just kind God of has a better understanding of all, like yeah, what's um, going on, and I don't understand the mysteries yeah, of the universe, and, he, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just have to have faith. That it's bigger than me. Yeah, yeah. That's, what you, that's what I used well, to I say. I look at like, I look at the things that like what happened in New Zealand. You know, the, that that shooting yeah. at the mosque, oh, and, the, yeah. and the way the way their leadership within a month. All, I'm so all, happy all that assault I'm weapons like are banned yeah. a month. Take that all of them. So quickly. Yeah. Everything that's not not for hunting. Yeah. Is it was know, in uh, a week. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, it was just passed unanimously by the, by the uh, mm-hmm. what the parliament or their government. Yeah. This past week, uh, with you know less than a month. It's, and and the other thing that the prime minister did, which I was very, uh, uh, I just thought was incredible, is that she said, "I'm not going to name this person's name." I'm taking away all this power, yep. all this psychological power, because we're going to talk about us yeah. and our community and what we're going to do. And we're not going to talk we about we're going to we're going to mourn the dead, and but we are not going to honor this person or ask questions about what motivated. This is what you know. She, she was just like, no. And another thing we're going to do, we're going to make damn sure it doesn't happen this way ever again, mm-hmm. or do everything we can as a people 
to make sure that we tell the world, not just this one guy, but mm-hmm. the world, yeah. that this is unacceptable. To me, that is how you confront evil. Agreed. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's the best example I can come up with. In this country, you know, every time there's some kind of mass shooting, everybody wants to know, what's his name? And he always has like a, you know, they always say his full name, including the middle name. And then name. they do a made-for-TV movie. And then they do a made-for-TV sure, movie. Sure. And everybody has like, well, why do you think this happened? Why do you think this? And it's just like, why empower these people anymore? Why not yeah. empower yourselves and your community and yeah. understand immediately that it's unacceptable? Yeah. And work to make it impossible or much, much more difficult yeah. for those kinds of things to happen. I think that that's the answer to evil. You know. Can I add a black perspective to this thing? Um, so last week, uh, April the 4th, that was the, uh, the 51st anniversary of King's death, mm-hmm. King's assassination. And uh, a couple of good friends of mine are, are doing a play all the way, which uh, is being played at the um, Contra Costa Civic Theater. It's basically about the events that happened. Um, basically, it's about LBJ and the passage of the Civil Rights Act. And I think when I think about evil, I think about how Dr. King sort of rallied um, his community. At first, it was just his community in Atlanta or Montgomery, Alabama, around the uh, the civil rights, uh, the uh, the Montgomery, Montgomery bus boycott, and then it expanded to really all of the, all of the deep south, telling you know uh, Southern black people, listen, we're going to do this thing. We're going to protest against these racist. Jim Crow laws, and we're going to do it in peace. We're going to be beaten, we're going to be spat on, we're going to be kicked, but we're going to take it. We are in the middle of evil. People are going to say evil things and do evil things and act evil. They're still our brothers and our sisters. That's an amazing lesson, and it's an amazing walk that that he took. It's incredible that it even happened. Yeah. And uh, I talk about the book all the time, Walking with the Wind, written by John Lewis. And he talked about how when Malcolm X came in, he thought it was just a completely ridiculous thing. He thought that King was an Uncle Tom. It's like, listen, you know, I've got a gun, the ballad or the bullet. You know, if you don't allow me my vow to road, I'll start killing folks. And even, you know, Stokely Carmichael in, in, you know, in I call invaded, you know, SNCC SNCC because SNCC was run by John Lewis, a Christian who had this, you know, the philosophy of nonviolence. All of a sudden, Stokely Mark Carmichael comes in, and it becomes a radicalized movement. Um, so when people face evil, they usually have, they're usually in a fork in a row. They either say, well, I'm going to deal with this with grace, or I'm going to meet it head to head. Hey, if someone hits me, I'm going to hit them back. You know, and, uh, and unfortunately, you know, my mom would even say this, like, hey, look, if a bully hits you, you hit him back. You defend yourself. You know, I think that yeah, that I have to protect myself mode is often um, an instigator for negative outcomes. Oh sure. Well, I mean, think about you know the stand your stand your ground laws in the South. It's like, well, you know, why did you shoot that black man? Well, I had to defend myself. I had to defend myself. I was afraid. Know. I was afraid. Yeah. I was in fear of my life. So, so yeah. So you know, we we. It's, it's all on how do we deal with the pain? How do we deal with what we call evil things that happen in our lives? Whether it be the cancer or whether it be a person saying a negative thought. Whether it's and us. You meet those things with light or darkness. Right, right, exactly. You have a goal in life and you don't, make, and you don't meet that goal. It's like, well, you know, is there some nefarious evil force preventing me from, from getting there? 
how do we handle it? I always use the, the um, John Facenda of NFL Films. I love football. And he's like, pain is inevitable. And he talks about, you know, the football feel and being like a pain gladiatorial. Pain Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I remember that makes sense John. with football. <laughs> have clips of that. Yeah. But, you know, if, if football is life and you know you're going to get hit, you know you're going to, you know, go across the proverbial, you know, field. But I, I mean, I think maybe some people that are listening will say, there's so many things outside of my control mm-hmm. but that I can't affect change or mm-hmm. turn it around or – well, but you just have to keep looking for the ways that you can. There are people who want to. Or reach out to people who can. Yeah. Yeah. If one, if there's one thing that Jesus has taught us, especially as we near um, Easter, is how to endure pain, how to endure the evil things that go on. And the fact that our concept of fairness, that was another take that I wanted to, to talk about, mm-hmm. because people usually associate evil with, this is evil because it's not fair. You know, I earn. You know, I I I've earned the right to have good things happen to me. You know, I I paid my taxes, I bought my house. I you know, it's all paid off, or I I parked right. I parked at a you know nice, and my car got, still got broken into. This is evil. This is a bad thing. Why is this happening to me? If, one, if there's one thing Jesus has taught us is listen, nothing is fair. I'm being crucified on the cross. I've got Romans nailing. Things and I and the very people that I were praising my name is now vilifying me. Even Peter turned away from me. This is unfair, but that's okay. I can still take it, and so can you. You you will endure far less than what I'm enduring, and you will endure evil. It's not so much as why is there evil happening to me, but how can we endure it? And I hope we can. Have we tapped out? Oh, I think so. I think so. Okay. But uh, just remember, as as much as evil is unjust, God's love is really unjust, too. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How can God love an evil person? Well, he can Mm -hmm. and does. God's God's love doesn't have the rules. You know, it's just there. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thank make, you. To make that, it even, that's a good way to wrap it up. To make it even button. more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to close this out? Shall yeah. I? Yeah. Dear God, thanks again uh, for letting us be together in fellowship and praise and love and communication with your words as, as a lens and a, and a bouncing board for us to follow you in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, in our souls. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. 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 Uh, that was a fantastic one. And I think you'll be up next, Deb. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know yet what I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, one last thing. So Laura Mitchler, uh, she wrote on our um, page <gasps> that she is a fan. She loves what we're doing. And, thank you, uh, Laura. Yeah, thank you, Laura. And uh, we will continue to do what we do and, of course, spread the word. And uh, for anyone else who's listening. And, Laura, if you have any suggestions for topics or things you want us to talk about please let us know absolutely yes it's great to hear from folks okay with that uh, here's my blurb faith is a podcast open to anyone you may not believe at all you may be muslim jewish agnostic or atheist you may have had horrible experience in the church which have made you turn your back to god you can still have faith we ask that you listen to this podcast even challenge us we're on facebook soundcloud that's where the podcast is you can also uh, write us directly I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Reg Space Clay, and D.L. Carragher for Deb. 
and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening and God bless.